you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, we're coming here with another podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks for being here. Holy crap. Uh, you might be listening to this podcast later, but today is Monday. It's the beginning of a strong week. We've got a crazy week coming up. We've got Peter Strzok with his book on, I think, Thursday. Uh, Molly uh, Ball, who is the Time Magazine. I think she's a co-editor for Time Magazine. She's on with her book, Pelosi, on Friday. And Calista Ward from CNN is on later today on her book. Uh, so we've got some of the most excellent authors on today, and we have one of the most excellent with us. So I'll save that for after the plugs. Uh, you'll need to just stay in suspense, if you will. Uh, so uh, some plugs we want to take and put on the show. We just started a new book club on Goodreads.com. You can, of course, follow me under Chris Voss on Goodreads. And the Chris Voss Show is building a book club on there to give away books, talk about our reviews of books, and everything else, go to goodreads.com. The Chris Voss Show is listed everywhere. I mean, uh, just you you name it, we are there in the syndication of The Chris Voss Show. But you can now go to Amazon Music. So you can go to Amazon, uh, I think it's .com forward slash music or amazonmusic.com. You can search for The Chris Voss Show podcast, and all nine of our podcasts are over there as well. So uh, thanks, Amazon. We like you and love you, and please send us traffic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to see the video version of this, go to youtube.com forward slash Chris Voss. Hit that bell notification as well. Uh, this follows in the series of some of the books and great authors we have that uh, are coming from the Christian community. They're talking about uh, what's going on in their communities, what what their alliances are with Trump, white nationalism, different things. They're calling out to some of the different sections or groups within their group uh, that are uh, maybe the rabble-rousers, the trouble-causers for some of the things that are going on. And so uh, we've been inviting them on and having a great, brilliant discussion. We've been learning a whole lot more. Today we have another person, who uh, author, who takes takes that uh, into another realm and uh, kind of extends that, if you will. He is the author of the new book, When Narcissism Comes to Church, Healing Your Community from Emotional and Spiritual Abuse. His name is Chuck DeGroote, and he is the author of the recently released book, When Narcissism Comes to Church, Healing Your Community from Emotional and Spiritual Abuse. Chuck was a pastor for years starting church-based counseling centers in Orlando and San Francisco. He's a mental health counselor and serves as a professor of pastoral care and Christian spirituality at Western Theological Seminary in Holland, Michigan. Welcome to the show, Chuck. How are you doing? Good, man. It's good to be with you. Awesome sauce. So uh, here, let me hold up your book here. I'll kind of hold it up, see if we can get some good lighting on it. It's a nice yellow, isn't it? I mean, uh, I wasn't sure what to do with the yellow at first, but it's, uh, yeah, it's very yellow. It jumps out at you right off the bookshelf. So there you go. (laughs) So give us your plugs or people can look you up on the interwebs and stuff. Yeah, so it's chuckdegroat.net is my website, D-E-G-R-O-A-T. Um, I've got five books over at Amazon. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, so it's not hard to find me if you can spell my name. There you go. There you go. Uh, so give us an understanding of uh, what made you motivated to write this book. Yeah, so I, I'm sure your listeners are uh, aware that the word narcissism is uh, in our conversation nowadays <laughs> for a lot of different reasons, um, not least because of our president. And uh, you're going to say something? <laughs> and every tweet. And every tweet, every single damn tweet. <laughs> but, um, and so, but the conversation about narcissism is alive in uh, church circles as well. Uh, we have had, uh, I, I'm sure probably a lot of your listeners have heard about the Roman Catholic Church scandal, the sexual abuse scandal, major megachurch pastors falling from grace, uh, lots of scandals in the church, suicides, and then the underbelly of that, depression, anxiety, addictions that were revealed. 
Uh, but no one wants to talk about it because we don't talk about these things in the church. Um, and so I, about five years ago, with the help of some friends, was encouraged to talk about it. And so that's a little part of what this book does. It, it begins to name our big problem in the church. Okay. So uh, what is the book about in, in yeah. context? Yeah. So um, what I'm looking at is the phenomenon of narcissism in church circles. I mean, it's broader than that because we can talk about narcissistic leadership and organizations. Um, I was out in the Bay area for a long time. I've, I've hung around politicians and CEOs and software engineers and founders, and there are narcissistic cultures all over the place. Right. But what people are surprised by sometimes is that there are narcissistic leaders, um, well-respected leaders in the church. Uh, and, um, and so I, I put words around that dynamic. Like, how, how, do we underst- how do we understand narcissism in these leaders? And why do we follow narcissistic leaders? I mean, particularly in the church, when we're supposed to be oriented around Jesus, who is kind of the last person you'd expect to show up narcissistically, you no, know, so. humble, self-giving, all that kind of stuff. Why is it that uh, so many of our leaders, pastors, personalities, um, institutional leaders, some of the names even that back Trump, uh, why do they show up with such grandiosity, such egocentricity? Um, and I look at that whole phenomenon um, in individuals. I look at it in systems, how whole systems can become narcissistic and what we can do about it. Awesome sauce. And I think this is really interesting. One of the things we talked about pre-show was I watched a lot of videos from you and you were talking to, I think, a lot of people in the faith area. And uh, a lot of them kind of really seemed surprised. And like, yeah. I like I was surprised they were surprised. I'm like, <clears throat> yeah. they were like, narcissism, what is that? And I'm like, have yeah. you been reading someone's tweets for the past yeah. three? Yeah, yeah, right. So the, talk to us about that. Does, does Does a lot of the people in the faith community have a good understanding of this or is it kind of new to them? Yeah. I'm kind of a, a Jungian. I don't know if you've read any Carl Jung, uh, Carl Jung, the great psychologist, 20th century psychologist, oh, yeah. um, follower of Freud talks about our shadow side. Mm-hmm. Um, Christians, we by and large don't like to talk about the shadow side of things, you know, the kind of the ugly, the demons in the closet. Um, and I don't want to say that, like, I don't want to say that everyone's like that, but by and large, we don't want to talk about narcissism. We don't want to talk about abuse. We don't want to see, be seen as people who are complicit in these things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even in the last five years or so, I'd say, you know, this whole hashtag me too movement that has arisen, you know, it was pretty big during the Kavanaugh nomination, uh, to the Supreme court. There was another hashtag called church Two, where people started talking about their stories of being abused. Uh, toxic abuse, cultures of abuse in the church. And they began naming names of big uh, leading figures who'd started churches and global movements um, who had large followings, thousands of people coming to their church and naming the kinds of abusive and narcissistic patterns. And of course, you know, if if we're looking to protect ourselves, then we don't want to have a conversation about this. But um, I'm, I'm pretty concerned about the church and its health at this point, you know, and, and I think if we're going to move in a direction and be a contributor to wider health in society, we've got to get honest with ourselves before uh, preaching self-righteously to other people. I fully support what a lot of you and other authors are doing where you guys are calling from inside the house going, Hey, there's something wrong. Right. Um, and, and, uh, you know, for me and a lot of people on the outside of religion, you know, I, I've read the Bible. I know, I know what Jesus did. Um, even as an atheist, there's, there's times where I go, what would Jesus do? I should be a better person and a nice person. I subscribe to the golden rule. I subscribe to, you know, I'm a good person because I don't want other people, you know, if I'm a horrible person, then I believe in a little bit of karma, but, and not too much, but, but I I just believe if I make the world a better place, it's better for everyone. Lifting, rising tide lifts all boats. If I'm an ugly human being, it just gets passed along. And then, you know, pretty much people are mugging, stabbing, killing me too. And, you know, it it just becomes chaos. So, you know, there's a certain, there's a certain moral compass that I go from. And, and even then I, I will look, I look at the Bible as a, as a, like a nice self-help book. Like you would look at Buddha or other or mm-hmm. tomes and, and there's, there's good stuff there. Um, yeah. But yeah, when the hardest part for a lot of us outside of the Christian community um, or, but we should just probably say the white Christian community yeah. um, is, is 
uh, were like, hey, have you heard of this Jesus guy? Would you like to know more? Um, <laughs> we're knocking on your door on Saturday morning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the um, and, 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 you know, me coming from a business background, I, yeah. becoming a leader of anything, there is a certain there is a certain conduciveness to narcissistic tendencies or people yep. that want to be narcissists or there's food that can feed that. I've watched businessmen uh, who are like the, who are like almost the Steve jobs or other people where the force of their creation is just right ahead of the force of their destruction. They leave behind them and, and you'll just see this wave of destruction. You're like what? that's going to catch up to him one of these days. Um, and so I understand leadership. I've gone through probably some narcissistic tendencies. I can probably mm-hmm. tell you my employees might be like, yeah, I was a narcissist once. Um, the, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, my father was a narcissist. Uh, he could do no wrong. He yeah. could like one time I confronted him and I said, dad, I want you to, I want you to say that you did one thing wrong. Just anything, pick a thing. Like you made a wrong turn driving down the street today. You didn't turn on your signal. You said something wrong. You used the wrong word. Just, one, I want you to be able to name one thing wrong. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Punched me in the face and yeah. left. Uh, <laughs> that's love. Um, so, so you know, part of part of being a leader, or you know, like you want to be a pastor of a church, you're like, hey, I, I, I think I'm a leader. Yeah. Um, whether it's a business pastor yeah. and all that sort of stuff, yeah. this just kind of plays right into that whole thing. I guess. If we have some people listening to this that don't know what narcissism is, explain to me what, why don't you explain to us what you think narcissism yeah, is yeah, and yeah. what it's about? Sure. Well, first, what you just described in terms of what you like about um, the Bible or Jesus, I call like general wisdom, <laughs> you know, like there, there's a wise way to live, you know, um, honor, honor people, honor, wear masks, mask up uh, because, you know, people could get sick because you're sick and like just be kind to people, right? There are general things like that, right? And I think when we talk about narcissism, we're talking about a whole orientation, a whole personality. It's called a personality disorder that's oriented in a like fundamentally selfish direction. Um, the features are things like grandiosity, entitlement. One of the big ones that people don't see often is a, a lack of empathy. Like they have an, mm-hmm. an inability to get into the shoes of the other person. And this is why I think it's so antithetical to what we call like Christian uh, Christian vision of life, you might say, right? Because when you think about what Christianity represents, when you think about Jesus in particular, what, for me, I think back to the early church before Constantine, when the church was actually known as people who like ran toward uh, plague-infested cities to help people. Mm-hmm. To think about narcissism now and how selfishly oriented it is and how it's all about my reputation, my brand, my self-aggrandizement. That, that's, what's, that's what's so off-putting, I think, to so many of us who are still, who, who still call ourselves followers of Jesus, you know, yeah. as we scratch our heads wondering why we do sometimes. You know, a lot of us actually say we like Jesus. We don't like the church very much because it seems like we are, um, we're trying to compete. We're trying to keep up, right? And in, and, and in doing that, we're kind of uh, we're kind of addicted to the same measurements of success and relevance and um, influence uh, that uh, businesses are. So it f- it feels almost like the business of the church, and and it's gotten pretty rotten. Yeah, I would agree to you. You know, I in thinking about it, I just I just had a, like a great book idea. I should write a book on if Jesus was more like Trump, and then like do a whole book where you know like Jesus was doing all the nice things that he was doing in the Bible. Only you do it in like a Trump thing, which the is opposite. Like, yeah, that that would just be a horrific book. Yeah. Um, but uh, but but there's the point. Um, the, I, I almost wonder, because in business, if you work for a narcissistic jerk like Donald Trump, you know, his employees at the time, uh, you work for uh, someone who's a real jerk, which I've yeah. you know, been around, uh, you can just quit. You can be like, hey, man, screw yeah. you. No pay is worth this amount of yeah. BS. Yeah. I'm out. But I think, I think maybe... And and I'm just kind of uh, whiffing this as I go, but it it now occurs to me that being being in a church kind of uh, can can really make narcissism worse, especially from a follower aspect, because you're taught yeah. you're taught to be a yeah. follower, you're taught to respect your leaders, you're taught to have faith, and 
uh, and you're really you're really belonging to a like in a job you're just like hey man I'm out of here I'm not in your cult I'm not in your I'm not in your mob I'm not in your you know I'm not a believer in you like I don't care I can go get another job and they'll pay me and another boss that's not a jerk but with with churches if they get narcissistic pastors um yeah I, I mean, and you're right. The empathy right. is not there. They don't care about human right. beings. What a lot of people don't get about yeah. narcissism yeah. is they don't see us as human. Like yeah. we're just, we're just like yeah. annoying little beings to them. So yeah, if you're working for your boss in a company, you can quit at some point with, uh, and, and move on to something else. If you're following a pastor, if you're a member of a church, I think where people get confused is they think, well, this person has authority. They have a, um, a master of divinity. You know, I always, I, I love that language. Our pastors have masters of divinity, like they've mastered divinity, right? Mm-hmm. They are called reverend. And because of that, we give them, we give them a pass sometimes. Um, I, I, I had a woman who I worked with who was sexually abused by a priest. And she said, because he was a priest, because he had authority, I thought what he was doing was somehow of God, right? Yeah. Um, and so mm-hmm. probably wouldn't give that same leeway to a CEO, you know, mm-hmm. but, but because he wears the collar, because he wears the robe, um, because he's got authority, we give him uh, some leeway. And, and that's part of the problem. The other problem is a toxic theology. They use guilt and shame mm-hmm. in order to keep people in their place. And so, um, and so it's, it's just sort of set up for people who um, already feel about them bad about themselves. It's set up for them to hear from this authoritative leader. Yes, you're bad. And by, by giving me money or plugging into my ministry, uh, you will be okay. God will give you God's blessing. Right. Yeah. And so they stay plugged in and they give them a pass and all the crap uh, because they think they're getting some sort of blessing. Yeah. That's a, that's really hitting me now that that's a well, that's quite the setup for a narcissistic system. It works. Um because you're you're just like you you I grew up uh, in the Mormon cult as a kid mm-hmm. and uh uh you know I I got told all the things, you know, I'd ask all the questions and I knew it was kind of silly from the beginning. And you know, I'd ask the questions and they'd be like shut up, just have some faith. You just you need to quit asking these questions, you need to have faith. Yeah. You just you need to believe. And of course I'm not like that, but I think a lot of people are, a lot of people are looking, a lot of people go to religion because they're looking, they're looking for, you know, uh, they're looking for stabilization, the chaos of, of life. They're looking for, you know, what's my meaning and, and, uh, stability, maybe some morals. They want to raise their kids, uh, in with some sort of system. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so I think they approach it in a good way, but like you say, it is, it's hard to define, uh, my my uncle was a Southern Baptist preacher, actually, um, and it's it's hard to define uh, that difference between where it crosses the line with with narcissism and do, do these people really care about you and what they yeah. do? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah the, it's really confusing, right? Because I I know you had my friend Kristen DeMay on at one point, and Kristen talks about the the history of evangelicalism, right? Particularly in the United States over the last hundred years, and it's like it's conflated with things like family values, you know? And so we're, we're going to be meaningful contributors to society and we're going to be monogamous. And we're like, there are all these things that are supposedly good that are part of a much larger package that can be at times really bad and really toxic. And it takes some humility to say, Hey, I'm, I'm a part of something that is um, actually a real problem. You know, I, I, this is why I think our, by and large, the evangelical, allegiance to Donald Trump um, shows how um, maybe, maybe it's an exaggeration, but how rotten to the core certain aspects of the Christian church um, are uh, because of this. And so Mm -hmm. it's a real problem to me that we can sort of elevate a narcissistic leader while at the same time professing uh, that we want to be followers of someone who gave his life for others. Right. Mm -hmm. And we talked about, you, you talked about shame uh, being part of the church context where, uh, you know, shame and, and, uh, you know, you, you're right. a sinner and, and, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's really deep in your guys' fabric. Um, and one of the things that a narcissistic person does is they're really good at throwing that on you. They're really good at keeping you on your heels at making yeah. you the 
problem. Yeah. Like yeah. when you go to them and you go, Hey, we're having some issues here. And I think you're the problem. They, they know how to really spin it back hard and throw it at you. At, yeah. Like you're the problem and they can overwhelm people, <clears throat> uh, whether it's in a relationship or any, any sort of narcissistic situations. I, I've had a lot of, uh, gals that I've dated that that came out of narcissistic relationships and the guys are just good at overwhelming you spinning them and they literally you literally wander off going well I guess I am the problem I just need to fix myself and he's perfect and yeah Yeah. he's right it's clearly me and they're really good at that like they are intense and yeah um, and you see it. And then if they don't, if they can't follow through with that, then they advert to violence or yeah. some sort of other manipulation. It's called uh, gaslighting, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy making it's, and it, what I like to say is if we think psychological abuse or psychological torment is bad, spiritual abuse is all, all the more bad because it takes now religious concepts and layers it on top. Right. So now I need you to, I need you to, to uh, do this and do that, have sex with me, do whatever I want you to do because you're my wife and I'm your, I'm the head of the household, you know, and you're supposed to submit to me and do everything I say. It's taking a kind of toxic theology and putting people in their place so that she says, well, I guess I have to, to be good with God and to be good with you and to, you know, find my place in the hierarchy. I better just give in and do what you want me to do. Then they wake up 15 or 20 years later and come to therapy. Usually for me, I'm kind of a first, I'm an entry point, I hope, to a first possibility of hearing that um, you're not crazy. <laughs> like my, I tell people the main purpose of the book for Christians is to say, when they're experiencing this, you are not crazy. Um, this, this is crazy making stuff, the theology, the authority, whatever it might be. And there's a way forward other than complying yeah. And I'll plug Kristen's book here, Jesus and John Wayne. We had her on the Absolutely. show. So you can check that out, Kristen Dumay. Um, the, uh, that's really what they do. They, they convince you that you're the crazy one, that you need to fix yourself, and they gaslight the crap out of you. And we've seen that out of this guy. Um, so uh, do you talk in the book about how uh, uh, people in churches can identify if their pastors uh, yeah. or their church leaders are out of control? Yeah. So uh, I, I do talk about it, and I hope that the book in and of itself is a kind of diagnostic. What I'm hearing from people, and I'm hearing from a lot of people who are, have been in and around the church who are saying, the categories that you're giving me, and I, I name like 10 characteristics of a narcissistic pastor. I talk about narcissism and systems. The categories you're giving me for the first time are giving me a lens to see that this person who I've elevated, who I thought was God's gift to the world, had all these fruits and grew this really large church, may actually be um, may actually be a phony, may actually be a fraud, right? And so I'm hoping that the book does that. At the same time, one of the things that Christians are not taught to do <laughs> is trust their gut. Um, in fact, we're, we're often taught to do the opposite, just obey, just comply. And so often, like I'll sit with a woman who has been a part, been a part of an abusive marriage to a narcissistic Christian man or something like that, or in a church like this for a while, and I'll say, just tell me what your gut says. She'll say, well, I, you know, I'm not supposed to trust my feelings. I'm only uh-huh. supposed to do what I'm supposed to, you know, do. And okay, for just this hour with me, uh, just in this counseling session, just tell me, what are you feeling? I don't feel safe. I feel yeah. scared. Um, I don't trust him. I feel like um, my dignity is being torn from me, whatever it is, right? And so oftentimes, uh, you mentioned being a part of uh, a sort of a cultish religion. Oftentimes it's like helping them step away and get clear and get centered for the first time. You know, it's like they can't in that moment. Um, it's not possible for them to do all the work to get to a place of clarity. They actually have to step away from, for a season. Um, sometimes they just have to step away from the church completely and start to do significant work in therapy to get clear and, and, you know, when, when you realize what's happened to you, then now I'm, I'm going to put on my psychologist hat, then you have to deal with all the trauma. Yeah. And um, now it's like years and years of dealing with, like, I can't trust anyone. I can't trust God. I can't trust the church. There's a lot of sorting out to do. And this is where I get in trouble sometimes because people will say, well, Chuck, are you telling people to leave the church? And I say, absolutely, I am. If, if you've been traumatized, if you're in an uh, unsafe and unhealthy environment, you've got to get out. 
Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's hard to see your way outside of religion. Uh, you know, I was raised with all the brainwashing stuff and it, it's, I don't think I've ever been fully free of it. Uh, yeah. And um, I, it took me like five years to really get clean after I, after I fully left and started my, my problem was I left, I think well, I left when I was about three or four and I ditched most of up until I was 16 and at 16, I put my foot down. I said, I'm not fake. And you know, I used to fake going to church. And uh, so I said, I'm, I'm just not fake. And I'm going to play with my friends on Sunday. But, uh, I was still living with my parents, obviously, but then when I went into the world in my 19s and 20s, got my own place and started interacting with the world and, and started running up against some of the, the different belief systems that have been buried in me. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a hard time. It took a lot to unpack. When you stand outside of it and you look inward, then you can, you're outside of the box, if you will. Um, yeah, I just, it, it never really occurred to me, but yeah, that's, do you, do you think that's one of the reasons that, People are are following Trump so blindly, they don't see the, you know, I, I know there's got to be Christians, yeah. I know, that look at their heart and they go, yeah, I'm against the kids <clears throat> in cages, and yeah, that's ugly yeah. and nasty. Um, yeah. I think, I, you know, in Christian's book and other books yeah. that yeah. we've had yeah. on, they're talking about yeah. uh, the abortion play and yeah. and and stuff, but, but uh, you know, and how they go along with the white nationalist segment, the yeah. real yeah. racist segment. Yeah. Um, do you think that's why that's all going on is because they're, uh, I don't know, the, yeah. the follower, the narcissism? Yeah. The, the do, you know the, do you know the work of Gerald Post? He's no. a CIA, former CIA profiler. He's written for 30 years on narcissism. Um, uh, he wrote a book on Bill Clinton. Uh, he wrote, I, so he's an equal opportunity offender, I guess, right? He's a fascinating guy. He's in his late 80s now, just published a book on Trump. Uh, 30 in the late eighties, 30 some odd years ago, whatever he started talking about the dynamics of what he calls the mirror hungry narcissist. In other words, the narcissist loves the, the stage and the audience. That's the mirror and the ideal hungry follower. The follower is hungry for an ideal. I see in you what I don't see in me because I, I can't possibly accomplish what you can accomplish. And, and we follow, he says, we follow in t- leaders like Trump in times when we feel particularly weak or oppressed. And the, and the, the narrative within Christ, the Christian world these days goes something like this. We are steadily losing our rights. We're losing our liberties, our rights. Um, institutions are in jeopardy. Um, things that Christians believe about abortion or LGBT stuff, whatever it might be, um, there's a slow erosion, a slow moral erosion. And we need a leader, even a leader that's a little rough around the edges to save us. That's how the narrative goes. So forget yeah. about all the ugly stuff. Yeah. It's in, in some of the discussions that I've had, people really, you know, they like that whole idea of the apostle, uh, you know, Trump, even though he's evil, he's the, he's basically the former the destroyer to put it in ghostbusters terms and, and, and the angel of destroyer. And, and, you know, he's going to punish all the sinners and whatever. He's like, their he's like, their uh, he's like, their. um, uh, Oh, who's the guy from the movie The Godfather? He's like Luca Debrazzi. Uh <laughs> Luca Brazzi. <laughs> yeah. you know, he's the enforcer. He's the guy who goes That's and does right. the dirty work. That's right. Um, uh, Luca Brazzi sleeps with yeah. the fishes. Um, so... Yeah. Um, and, and so that's kind of how a lot of them do it. But, and you almost kind of have to wonder if there's a narcissist a, a tendencies within them uh, of themselves. The whole yeah. pressure to push religion on people. I mean, I've met some people that you're like, Hey man, I'm not buying this this week. And, and they won't let it go, man. They, yeah. They've got to, they've got to yeah. force it on you. They've got to whip you. They've yeah. got to beat you. But, um, can you know, I say I, something about that? Go ahead. Real quick? Yeah. Because I, I mean, I think narcissism is the energy behind white supremacy. I think it's the energy behind colonialism. I think the whole push of, you know, the conquistadors who came out of Spain and they went to South America with forced conversions, rapes, there's a narcissistic energy to that. It's grandiosity. You know, we are better than you. And so we will force you to convert to our religion. You know, it's here again, to me, it's like so antithetical to who Jesus was. And Christianity is so far um, removed from the person and life of Jesus that I don't even know if the two belong in the same conversation anymore. Like people, when they ask, are you a Christian, Chuck? I won't, I won't answer that question. I'll say, I follow Jesus. 
but it's hard for me nowadays to even call myself a Christian because of what that means, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you, if you tell me you're a normal person, uh, I, I'll leave my wallet in this position. But if you tell me you're Christian, I'll move my wallet to the opposite thing. And I, I love my Christian friends, I'm trying to get along with them. I'm learning a whole lot more by having you guys on the show. Uh, but still, you know, <laughs> I, I worry a little bit, especially yeah. nowadays. Um, yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're doing forced hysterectomy on, on people in, in, the, yeah. in the thing. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing fascism rise. And yeah. we're really, we're, you know, the, the thing that's concerning is the rise of fascism, everything we're seeing. I mean, he's yeah. celebrating violence. Bill Barr is starting to do some stuff. And the Christians are still supporting him. You're see, at least yeah. the far right white ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's really important that you're calling this out because people need to see this. People need to see this in their leaders, that their leaders are not infallible. You can, you can get away with saying, okay, Jesus was perfect. He's infallible, but, uh, look what they did to him. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of these leaders, like you see these guys with these mega churches and they can do no wrong. And, you know, they're telling people, Hey, uh, you know, just skip a meal today and send me money. Um, you know, you, you see them on the, the old televangelists that would just be soaking yeah. little yeah. old ladies to, to send in money and stuff. Um, I guess, what are some other things in your book that, that can really help empower Christians to kind of get a better understanding, a grip, and maybe, I mean, what, yeah. do, you, what do you do if you find out that, that your leader's a narcissist? Do you, yeah. do you yeah. try to vote to oust him? Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. There, I mean, there are certain things like that that you can do, but a lot of these leaders kind of set up life set up shops so that they can't be ousted right i mean so i mean part of it is is so if someone goes to therapy and starts to do work on their life they're eventually going to have to wrestle with some of the things that happened in their life and their family that were hard that were messy right and so if you grew up in a world where you all you knew was american exceptionalism and you start to learn some things about your family history maybe you'll start to say hey maybe my country maybe my leadership isn't as perfect as I thought. And I, I think that goes with the church too. I think mm-hmm. um, maybe, maybe we're, our hands are not as clean as we thought they were. You know, Christians were by and large uh, really good citizens, um, really helpful, really kind, really self-giving. And then this emperor Constantine comes along and, and this is simplifying the story, but Constantine looks up in the sky and sees a symbol and the symbol is a cross and the words next to it are in this sign, conquer and he decided man these christians would be good allies if i you know if i got the bishops to work with me and the the priests and the popes that would make for a really fantastic infrastructure and since the time of constantine i think christian dumay i think is pretty wise on this too there's been a pretty um enmeshed relationship between the church and power and empire right and it serves christians pretty well like if we're on the upside of power um, we get, we got, we've got resources, we've got influence, we've got infrastructure, we've got institutions. Um, I, I'm saying more and more, Chris, to be honest, we need to go through, Christianity needs to go through a season of massive disorientation and deconstruction for us to maybe find something of the seed that's left in there of, of life. Um, otherwise, what, what good are we, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, because like I say, from the outside, we look at it and go, there's a lot of hypocrisy going on. Like, yeah. like, you know, yeah. I've, if I was like anti-Jesus or I hadn't read the Bible or yeah. had no idea what that concept was, I, I wouldn't be able to probably identify it. But yeah, yeah I, I, I was just like, who are you people? And what have you done with Jesus? Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, great, you're right. That's the question. That's the question. And I, yeah. I think maybe the Christian church almost needs to like try and somehow identify who these white nationalists are and like break away from them, like basically yeah. ban them or exercise them in some yeah. way. The power of Christ compels you. Uh, and, you know, I, we have the same problem. I kind of look at it the same way that I do with just plain white people. Like we have the KKK. Yeah. And they call themselves white nationalists and that new PR spin they have, but they are basically the KKK. And we we're in that the same sort of thing that you guys are in with Christianity where we got to somehow get rid of this group and do something with them. I'm hoping that if, yeah. if Biden does get elected and we do get him put installed in office, we don't go into a fascist, uh, yeah. seize of power, um, that they will become a terrorist group. They should have yeah. been, a, I mean, we, we've, we've made, uh, what was it? The proud boys were a terrorist group. Yeah. The KKK is not a terrorist group at this point. Yeah. Give me a break. Um, but I, and I think black lives matter amplifies that. Yeah. You know, what we're seeing now, 
but yeah, you talk a lot of the historical mm-hmm. context, and that's yep. kind of some of the discussions we've yep. had on the show with Kristen yep. and other people. Yep. Yep. Is the Shining City on the Hill, the Ronald yeah. Reagan abuse of it, uh, yeah. with immigrants, uh, Manifest Destiny, yeah. uh, what we did to the Indians. We just had a great author on recently who talked about Andrew Jackson, the mountaintop, and how mm-hmm. they used it. They used this uh, sort of formulation of excuse where white people must have been here before the um, before the uh, uh, Native Americans, and the Native Americans must have killed them. The native, you know, the white people must have made these beautiful structures, and uh, so then we must kill the heathens, and and they use that as a as a reasoning yeah. for it. And yeah, there's been this just this horrific thing, yeah. um, you know, like even I'll, I'll meet people a Catholic, yeah. and I'm like. Do you know? Do you have any idea what those priests do over there? Sometimes they get, I get crap for doing jokes or or, or yeah. giving little pushes at it, and it's it's hard. Like me, I'd walk. Like I'd just be like, no, nah, man, yeah. I'm not. I'm not throwing a dime at this. I'm not. Yeah. Not going to be but, seen hanging out with you. Um, but but it's interesting to me how they stick with it. Yeah, I mean, you what you're saying is is what like that's our conversation eternally, you know, when we're out at the bar at night, having a couple of drinks saying, so what of the structures will last, can last even, you know, the, the, the interesting thing is there are people um, like me, like Kristen and others who are, who are really engaged in movements of justice and who believe in science, you know, um, who actually believe the world has evolved. It isn't 13,000 years old, but uh, we're a part of a larger evolutionary story. Um, that actually believe in climate change, that are um, believe Black Lives Matter, et cetera, et cetera, right? They're, they're actually folks like us who, in the name of Jesus, will kind of want to get back to the Sermon on the Mount, you know, and, yeah. and Jesus meeting people who are the least of these. And um, I, think, I think what it means is dismantling and deconstructing some of, of the, the relationships between, you know, the church and these institutions. So you talk about Christians just kind of separating from white nationalism. And I'd say even more broadly, like Christians relationship to power in general, like Mm -hmm. we, we just love, we've got a a lust for power, you know? And, and the thing about Jesus is that there wasn't this, like, uh, let's, let's build a tank. I'm miraculously going to make a tank and we're going to take on Rome. You know, there wasn't this lust for power. There was like, no, actually um, the, the, the real power is in powerlessness They'll know you for your love, for your self-giving love. There are some of us who are kind of pushing for a different way of, of being Christian in the world, but it's a very, it's a minority at this point, right? And so, But we're kind of orienting around the life of Jesus as best we can. And we probably, Chris, have more in common, you and kind of your atheism, us and our kind of different way of Christianity, we have more in common than some of the folks who would, you know, attend the churches that I've attended in the past and believe some of the things that I believed. Yeah. It's crazy. I, and I, I think so. And I, I think it's great. You guys are speaking out. I mean, I'm seeing all these, like all of a sudden I'm, there's like all these books, at least in my yeah. opinion, of course we just get all the new stuff. Um, but uh, uh, you know, one thing, I think another thing that would be good for you guys is, uh, and I talked to Robert P. Jones about this at PRI. He was on with his book, White Too Long, The Legacy of White Supremacy in American Christianity. He talked about how, uh, you know, we talked about the separ- what caused the separation of, of blacks forming their own churches and there's white yeah, churches. Right. And I never knew a lot of this stuff because I never got into, you know, I left the church and went my own way and started businesses. Yeah. But um, there's a, one of the biggest problems, and we've talked about this with the James Baldwin experience and everything yeah, else, yeah. and we talked about this yesterday and something's going to publish on, on inclusion, inclusivity, mm-hmm. uh, is that I think, I think the churches need to get meshed back together. I think black churches and white churches yeah. somehow need to get mixed back together so yeah. that they get to know everything and everybody. And, and I think that would really help because yeah. then there's not this... Yeah this whole narrative of, of like, there's people that are not white. They're going to take over yeah. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So I think there's a real narcissism, not only in the community, but also in the, in the, in the pastorship yeah. and yeah. these people that lead, like, I remember there was a commission against, uh, what was her name? Paula white. Yeah. And a bunch of her people. And they were seeing these guys that they have like 10 jets and, mm-hmm. and, you know, multiple yeah. Rolls Royces. And you're just Man. like, Come yeah. on. I mean, yeah. at that point, you can look at the dude and be like, that's a narcissist. But yeah, like I say, it was, it, I think it's good you're having this conversation with the, yeah. the community. But 
Maybe yeah. they need to form your own breakout religion. I don't know. But then you lose power <laughs> and there's like, yeah. you know, that yeah. whole thing. But yeah. uh, I, maybe maybe the thing needs to be they need to try and if once they identify leaders, they need to try and either vote yeah. them out or remove them or. I think actually the, the black church, you mentioned the black church is probably, they're probably watching a conversation like this saying, Hey, we've been doing this for like the last uh, hundred years. Just pay attention to what we've been doing. I know a lot of um, my black friends who are pastors and pastors of black churches, they're now being accused of being Marxists. And they're like, actually, we've been talking about justice for a long, long time. Um, I actually haven't never read Marx. Uh, this is just what we do. Um, so maybe I think more and more, maybe it's people like me who need to race toward the black community to the black yeah. churches and say, Hey, teach me because I've been so enmeshed with the kind of the, the crazy white power hungry church that I need you to help me rediscover faith. Yeah. And growing up in Mormon churches, uh, I remember early on in my early years, I met, uh, I visited his church. I think it's first Calvary church or first Baptist church here in Salt Lake city, Utah. Uh, and I went to his church, and it was over some business stuff, and uh, met with him and spent about two hours with him. He walked in Selma and, and Birmingham with uh, uh, Martin Luther King. And so then he took me into his church, and he was showing his church off to me. And I was like, man, you got a drum set? He's like, yeah, we have fun, and we get up sing and chant and stuff. And I'm yeah. like, man, black people got great churches, man. This sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. my church used to be like a funeral. Yeah. So I don't know if they'll mix together because – Black yeah. people have a lot of fun in their churches. I yeah, gotta go do. to a black church if I went to church. <laughs> they do. They do. They, I mean, they're ta- they've tapped into a kind of a bigger wisdom, a larger wisdom. I mean, look at these white churches, like the one you went to and the one yeah. I grew up in. It's very legalistic, you know? Yeah. They want to keep you in the box. And so, and that's not across the board, but by and large, they kind of want to keep you in the box. And I think what we're saying is, um, you know, like we want to expand our conversation here. We want to understand, we want to understand science and how it applies to the, the kinds of things we're talking about with COVID and climate change. And we, we want to be open to a larger conversation and not cut ourselves off or live in fear that the, you know, a, a lot of people like me live in fear, Chris, that you, an atheist, you're trying to uh, take over. You're trying to take our voices away. You're trying to take our churches away from us. You're trying to take our beliefs away from us that you see us as crazy. And, and we live in this kind of um, bubble where we're constantly persecuted when we have so much power. Yeah. It's like, that was a situation I got into with YouTube recently. They marked a couple of the religious books that like guys like you are making. And they're like, uh, that's a persecuted class. And I'm like, do you know who runs this country right now? Yeah. <laughs> they're, not, they're not a persecuted class, but no. you know, and, and the thing is, here's the deal. Maybe an atheist, we're not looking to turn everyone atheists. Uh, yeah. The only crazy that I see is the hypocrisy. And that's yeah. when I go, these people are kind of nuts. And not everyone's like that. Um, but or, or when the crazy goes crazy, like we're not wearing masks because Jesus, it's against God, you know, that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. But no, I don't want, like I, I joke about this on the show. Like I don't want to be banging on your door going, have you heard about nothing? Would you like to know more? <laughs> um, you know, I don't, I don't want, like I don't need an erect. Uh, I don't need an erected statue of yeah. the blackness that happens after you die on the on yeah. the steps of the yeah. thing. Yeah. But I don't want to see. Like I would be, I would be cool, dude. If Christians were like, "Hey, we want to put up a Ten Commandments," and I'm like, "Well, great. As long as the occult can put up one, and the Jews can put up one, and, and yeah. everybody else." It's called pluralism. Yeah, <laughs> I love my Jewish friends. Like. Yeah. And part of the reason I love my Jewish friends is they don't give a crap if you join their religion or not. Like they don't, they don't even give a crap if you belong, if you believe they, like they just do their own thing. They're just like, man, we're doing our own thing, man. And you're just like, what's that thing? I'm like, I don't know, man, just call us. We'll let you know. Um, That's about my Jewish people, man. They just, they just stay out of my face. And so for me, I'm all about fairness, you know? Um, But yeah, I don't want to convert everybody to, yeah. There might be some atheists running around, you know, they're trying to do what yeah. they do. Um, but to me, I don't, I don't, and the only crazy I see, like I, I, what's really been great about having a lot of Christian people on the show and talking about the books and stuff is I've been able to friend them on Facebook and yeah, watching their conversations and seeing what they're talking about. I know it's important to, I grew up, I grew up with religion, so I kind of get it. Like I see a lot yeah. of young me in that, what I yeah. was going through and what I was struggling with. And uh, so, yeah, I don't, 
I don't want to do any of that. I yeah. I don't want to put you all in mine camps like in yeah. China and yeah. Yeah. doing. It's just, yeah. You can have your churches. You can have your yeah. your tax-free stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, just stay out of yeah. government. That's yeah. all. Like I said, it's called pluralism. I mean, this is what we're supposed to be, e pluribus unum, right? I mean, yeah. we're, we're supposed to be living like this, but I think, I, think that the, I think that what we've discovered, particularly over the last 50 years, is that a lot of folks in my camp were never comfortable with that arrangement. Uh, yeah. There always needed to be someone on top. And this was sort of even maybe baked in at the very beginning too, if you look carefully, but there's always got to be someone on top. And usually it's someone who looks like me, 50 year old, middle-aged white male <laughs> Christian. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe, and maybe the, and, and, and that's really, I mean, I understand power and leadership and running things and having a following. And part of that, part of that responsibility or part of that challenge is you've always got to keep everybody moving. You got to keep everybody on edge. You got to keep things going. You can't just sit back and go, okay, well, I'm running things now. And, uh, yeah, just don't pay me. You know, you've always got to keep going to the next level. And and maybe it's a part of the persecution, but maybe it's some of the narcissistic leadership that's yeah. in these different groups that go, hey, we should we should be able to do whatever we want. And we want to force our stuff on you guys. And, uh-huh. yeah, like I say, I'm I'm not really interested in forcing anybody to believe what I don't care if anybody believes yeah. what I believe. Yeah. Um, you know, when I – if in my religion, if if – if there's like, uh, I get to the end of it and the God's like, Hey, you picked the wrong religion, dude. It wasn't atheism. It was, uh, <laughs> uh, Buddhism was the key word was the trick word. Um, but, uh, guess what? You get attorney. Okay. Bonus round. Cool, man. Like, uh, it's like finding free money on the, on the pavement. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It, it, but I, I, part of what you have to do to keep people cold in an organization is to make them fear the organization. Like if I had a business, I'd be like, yeah, that other company, we're competing with them. Screw those guys. So we're going to try and outdo them. Um, You know, Sprint, T-Mobile, AT&T, you know, they compete. And so you you have to make that straw man where you're like, we got to beat them and be better than them and stuff. And so I think that's maybe some of the issue. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Fear the God, right? Trump's the God right now. And so if you say something against him, you're going to get called out on Twitter. And what I fear is that the the Christian God has been made in the image of this narcissistic male, this angry, I'm going to get you. I am waiting. I'm watching. I, I see everything that you do and I'm waiting to strike you down. And that God doesn't look a whole lot like Jesus. I don't think. <laughs> no, not even, not even close. Yeah. And what's scary is, is Christianity and other religions uh, have been used by fascists and authoritarians to seize power, yeah. to destroy democracy, to seize power, and and to take it. And usually Christians or, or people of religion are right there with them. Yeah. Uh, Stalin, uh, Hitler, and everything else. And we're seeing a lot of scary stuff come out of what Trump is doing. He's already inciting violence. He's already used the uh, military against the American people. Um, to to put down stuff. I mean, at, at this point, as far as what I'm seeing and the signaling from from Bar and thing is, they're they're either trying to incite uh, a bit of an insurrection where they can take a moment to step in because usually what fascists do is they look for a moment where there's a huge amount of violence that takes place and they step in. They go, "I'm going to solve this," but because of that, I have to seize all power, enact martial law, and yeah. and and settle everything. But they're usually the ones who seed it and cause it, and then and then like, hey, we're going to fix it, yeah. um, and then you know everything disappears from there. I think there's going to be something uh, during this election or after this election if there's riots or people are angry. I think he's going to take it all the way to Supreme Court, no matter how bad he loses. Um, and there's probably going to be people angry. There's going to be people protesting, mm-hmm. and then he'll use that to, to seize power. There's even people in your community that are talking about, well, we're going to get guns and militias, and mm-hmm. most likely it's the white nationalist mm-hmm. folks. Yep. But yep. Um, so, what are some are there some other things in your book? Uh, do you mostly stick to identifying this and talking about it and stuff, or what are some what are some more things that people can do? I mean, whether it's going to your website or 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 yeah, uh, I think. I think probably the last thing I say is is um, it's important to act on this. It's it's uh, one thing to write a book. Um, it's another thing to actually begin to name these things in the in the context of church, and that takes immense courage. Um, oftentimes, 
women are implicated in this, women who've been abused, women who've had religion uh, sort of framed in such a way that they're the low, they're lower in the hierarchy. And so I realize it takes a lot of courage. It's easy for me to say that as someone with some, a role and some power and titles and stuff like that. But, but it's, it's up to us to begin to name these dynamics and say no more. Right. And, um, and with that comes a lot of what I'm seeing in, in these larger churches that I've consulted with where, you know, say the leader has to step down. There's a slow kind of then um, reckoning with how they've done uh, hierarchy and power and control from like the very beginning. And, and that's the reckoning that I want to see. I want to see whole systems sort of implicated in this, not just a, a bad apple every now and then step mm-hmm. down, but I want to see, I want to see sort of, Christianity Incorporated dismantled. Um, and I, that probably sounds a little hyperbolic, but I think um, it's a massive reckoning that we're in for. But uh, for us to recover some semblance of, of what I think Christianity was supposed to be mm-hmm. um, in the vision of Jesus, I think we, we've got to get there through a kind of dismantling. Um, I don't talk about that in that depth in the book, but I start mm-hmm. to talk about the how-tos around beginning to do the work of healing. So, to my knowledge, uh, as far as I know, and you may know more, narcissism, uh, as someone who has a narcissistic personality disorder, there's really not much cure for that. No. 20 years of psychology, maybe, I don't know. But there was a lobotomy. (laughs) Yeah, right. No, you're you're talking about a personality disorder, so there's really no cure. There's just kind of like mitigating the damage at that point. Isolating them and and getting them out of the system. I, I think that's really important. And, and, and like I say, I mean, I we don't we don't think Christians are crazy until they go against their own beliefs, and then we're like, well, you said yeah. this, but here's this, and this yeah. makes no sense. So that's you, right. It's a little weird right now, um, right. but yeah, it's it's something that I'd I'd like to see. Anything more we need to know about uh, your book and what's in it, and why people should pick it up? Man, I I think we've covered a lot of ground. I think um, if people are curious about um, this conversation, I know it feels like for, for for some, it might feel like kind of, well, that's an insider conversation for Christians. I I can tell you that I I know a lot of folks, I lived in the Bay area for a while and um, a lot of my friends don't profess Christianity, but they're really fascinated by the conversations that we're having. Just like sociologically, they're really intrigued by what's happening with the Christian faith and even some of the polarization, polarization and divisions they're seeing among Christians, you know, like Chuck, you're, you seem to be a very different kind of follower of Jesus than some of these others, right? And so if you're intrigued by that, if you want to kind of listen in on some of the reckoning that's happening in the church, but also see dynamics that are more broadly applicable to institutions, organizations, businesses, etc., I think it could be a really helpful book. Definitely, definitely, and 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 I think narcissists uh, are part of the problem with the demonization of those people who are trying to take away your rights and your churches and your, yeah. you know, <laughs> I love the tweets from Trump who's like Biden's gonna uh, destroy God and you're like wow Biden has a lot of power, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Did he create the universe, <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, I encourage my audience to take a listen. This is why we're having uh, people on the show that are, are speaking about this to educate our audience to get to, if you don't understand what narcissism is, please go look it up and get a deeper understanding. And if you feel you're a victim of it, uh, reach out to a psychologist, uh, get outside the box and uh, get some help. I, I think yeah. I'd probably recommend that. I think I should apply a helpline here at this point, yeah. uh, but you can reach out to, to Mr. DeGroote and uh, find out more about what he does as well. Yep. Go to his websites. Uh, you can go to amazon.com uh, music and see the podcast. Uh, you can also go to goodreads.com see uh follow me on chris voss and our new thing there of course you can go to the cbpn and subscribe to online podcast youtube.com for slash chris voss we certainly appreciate you guys being here thanks to my audience for tuning in and we'll see you guys next time